Welcome to What's Eric Eating, Culture Map's weekly look at all things Houston bars and restaurants. I'm your host, Culture Map food editor Eric Sandler. I have Mary Ellen Angel from Angel Share coming up in a little bit. But first, I'm doing something a little bit different this week. Since we had the bonus podcast about Texas Monthly's new list of the state's top 50 barbecue joints that was released on Tuesday, I am going to handle this week's Top the Show by myself. So I'll run through a little bit of non-barbecue news, talk about my recent meal at the Alba Craft Kitchen and Cocktails in Garden Oaks, and then I'll turn to the interview with Mary Ellen Angel, along with special guest Linda Salinas. So with that out of the way, let's dive right into the news of the week. Topic number one, Blood Brothers Barbecue isn't only basking in the glow of making Texas Monthly's list. The Bel Air Barbecue Joint also made the New York Times list of America's 50 most exciting restaurants. Four other Texas spots also made the list, including Birdie's, a natural wine bar and cafe in Austin, Fish Lonja, a Mexican seafood restaurant in San Antonio, Roots Southern Table, a restaurant in Dallas from Top Chef alum Tiffany Derry, and Sylvia's, a taqueria in Brownsville. Now, we've talked about Blood Brothers a lot over the years because they get a lot of national attention. They, of course, won the 2019 Culture Map Tastemaker Awards Best New Restaurant of the Year, and Bon Appetit named them one of the best new restaurants of 2019 as well. All that acclaim has led to a lot of attention. They have a sister location in a food hall at the Resorts World Casino in Las Vegas, and of course, they've become a staple here in Houston. And it's funny because I saw some pushback on social media from people who think it's just kind of cliche that, you know, the Houston representative on the New York Times list is a barbecue restaurant. But I think that really undersells what Blood Brothers does. There really isn't another barbecue restaurant quite like Blood Brothers. And I really think that Blood Brothers could only exist and have developed a following in Houston and obviously, if you've been there, then you know, you know, that Thai green chili boudin, those gojujang spiced pork ribs, you know, the different bao that they do. And then Sundays they go Mexican because their assistant pitmaster Jaime Garcia, that's sort of his heritage. But, you know, I'm continually impressed by all the work that Kui Wong, the pitmaster there, has done. And of course, his uh, business partners. Brothers Robin and Terry Wong really set a standard in hospitality and and just making sure that everybody who walks through their doors feels welcomed. And I'm so happy for those guys and all the success that they've achieved. But the combination of being in the New York Times and then being in Texas Monthly means that it's probably going to be a while before I go black to brothers because I expect they'll be running a line out the door for the next, uh, well, at least a few months. Topic number two. Blacksmith has made a couple of changes. They have hired bartender Avery Davis as their beverage director and pastry chef Christina Al as their executive pastry chef. Uh, Avery's worked at Blacksmith since it opened back in 2013, but he started as a barista and then he got into bartending. He worked at Rosie Cannonball for a little while and then spent a year at March. And he's bringing some of those fine dining techniques to Blacksmith and he's created a line of coffee-based, zero-proof cocktails. I'll talk about a little of this more in a minute, but I find more and more people that I know are looking for zero-proof cocktails or 
you know, they like their lattes and flat whites, but it's, you know, so what have you done for me lately world? And Blacksmith can certainly engage people with these new coffee-based beverages, zero-proof options. Avery's a really creative guy. He's got a riff on an old-fashioned. He's making a pumpkin spice cortado because it's fall and you have to have pumpkin spice. And, you know, that's not to undersell what Christina Aub brings to the table. We've talked about her on the show quite a bit. She was on the opening crew at Common Bond. She worked at the Passing Provisions for a while. Then she went to the West Coast and worked at some very well-regarded Four Seasons properties. So she's essentially highly overqualified to make uh, banana bread and muffins and other treats for a coffee shop, which is why you'll see her do specials like uh, salted caramel, millionaire tart, some other specials that will keep things more interesting to Blacksmith. Finally, the pastries of Blacksmith will be as good as the biscuits. So I'm super excited about that. And I really just can't wait to see what Christina comes up with now that she's got a permanent gig. Uh, I know what you're wondering. She became really well known for her Pop-Tarts. I don't think she's going to be doing the Pop-Tarts at Blacksmith. I think that's going to continue to be kind of a pop-up item, but hopefully having a regular job means that she'll be able to do them on a more regular schedule because I know people just go crazy for those things. And then finally, topic number three, as I said, little more to talk about zero proof. It is sober October after all. I know several people observing that. So there is now Sipple, a new shop devoted to non-alcoholic beverages that just opened near Rice Village. Owner Danny Frugfelter has worked at places like Eloise Nichols and Indianola as a, you know, wine and spirits guy. So he really knows his stuff and he's sourcing non-alcoholic spirits, non-alcoholic wines and beers that have the same taste, texture, flavor, qualities of foolproof. So the idea is that you can still have a really delicious beverage when you go out or when you're at home making a cocktail without getting drunk or, you know, having to consume alcohol, but still have that like full flavorful experience. It's not just about, you know, drinking a Topo Chico or, or suddenly for you know, some overly sweet fruit juice concoction. Admittedly, I haven't been to Sipple yet, but I've seen the pictures and I've talked to some people who have been there and it's a pretty impressive option. I mean, they have over 50 different brands represented. They have basically a thousand different individual bottles and things that you can take home for purchase. So this is an exciting new addition. I know more and more people in my life who either have quit drinking entirely or cut way back. I guess that's just sort of what happens when you get older is you, you tend to know more and more people who aren't drinking anymore. And, and they deserve to have tasty beverage options, whether that's at home or when they go out to eat, starting to see more zero-proof cocktails in restaurants. And so that there's a bottle shop now devoted to zero-proof spirits, wine, and beer makes a lot of sense. And uh, I can't wait to go to Sipple and maybe take a couple things home and start playing around with some cocktails of myself. All right. That does it for the news of the week. I'll be right back with my restaurant of the week. Stick around. I am very pleased to welcome a new sponsor to the show. It is Balconis Distilling. This is a Texas based maker of spirits. One of the most Decorated craft distilleries on the planet. They make single malt whiskey, 
which is part of this American single malt movement that has been happening. My personal favorite Balcones expression is their flagship Texas One, a single malt. It's got a very dark color. It's got a very rich flavor. It's silky. It's full on the palate. You get notes of butter and marmalade. And then it finishes with those lovely burnt sugar notes, that coffee toffee flavor. You know, I like I like bourbon. I like whiskey. I like scotch from all around the world. But but I find that this Balcones Texas Single Malt really just satisfies all of my cravings. And so I encourage people to look for it. Look for it on back bars. Look for it on stores. I drink it neat. If you want to add a little water, that wakes it up a little bit. If you prefer to cool it down over a big rock, I, I respect that too. But I think the important thing to know about Balcones is that if you try it, I think you'll like it. Look for it at bars, look for it at retail, and give Balcones Distilling a try. For my restaurant of the week, I want to talk about the Alba Craft Kitchen and Cocktails. This is a new restaurant in Garden Oaks that opened in the former Liberty Kitchen space on Alba Street, which makes it convenient. It is owned by Dout Oshani. He is a longtime Houston hospitality veteran, spent many years with the Salt and Pepper Group, where he opened up concepts like the Moonshiners and Beer Market Co. Then he jumped to Buffalo Bayou Brewing Company, helped them get their big new property on Sawyer Yards open. He also owns Underground Hall, which is the replacement for conservatory downtown. But I really like this for Doubt because, you know, he's been kind of a, you know, a party guy, a, a nightclub guy for a long time. And this is definitely a restaurant. This is definitely, you know, it's got a big patio. It's got kind of a kid's play area. It's a family friendly kind of spot. And that, you know, Doubt and I talked about it. We're kind of in the same boat. We're getting a little older. You know, our friends are married. They have children. and you know, the old, the old ways aren't cutting it anymore, but, but you still want to be involved in the hospitality business. And so you're, you're thinking evolves. And so he's created this place and he worked with Jeff Hunt, who worked at Benji's and is still at local foods to kind of create the menu. It's a lot of shareable items, pizzas, pastas, center of plate, sandwiches, you know, again, a very diverse menu. And, and most importantly, a very affordable menu. I don't think anything's over $30, Dot said he he talked to the neighborhood. That was very important to them, especially compared to Liberty Kitchen, was that they wanted to be a place where they can come once or twice a week with their families and not spend an absolute ton of money. And, and so, you know, the cocktails are similarly affordable. The wine list is affordable. The beer list is affordable. And, and that's what they're going for. And I went with a friend of mine who lived in Garden Oaks for a long time. She was very happy with the setting and, and the quality of the food and, and looks forward to her next meal there, as do I. Uh, some of my favorites were the pasta bolognese. They're using Texas meat that they get from rancher Felix Flores. I had a really great uh, braised chicken thigh dish with this uh, kind of vibrant tomato sauce. Uh, we had a Brussels sprout starter. It's become sort of cliche, obviously, Brussels sprouts are everywhere, but, you know, properly executed, still very tasty. Seafood campuchana, and, and they're using their pizza oven well. They're doing, a, you know, a balloon bread 
they're doing uh, some other fun stuff. So again, it was, it was a very satisfying dinner. And I just think Dialba Craft Kitchen is a really nice addition to Garden Oaks. They're still, uh, they're fighting through some staffing issues. They don't have the full menu quite yet, but once they sort of ramp up, they, you know, they'll have oysters. They'll have some other kind of snack stuff. They'll have a more pizzas, more entrees. But for now, lunch and dinner, six days a week, Tuesday through Sunday. Uh, brunch menu still to come. Service on Monday still to come. But again, I think it's a, it's a promising addition to Garden Oaks. And I look forward to going back to D'Alba sometime soon. So that does it for the restaurant of the week. I will be right back with Mary Ellen Angel and Linda Salinas. I'm joined this week by the owner of Angel Share HTX, a bar downtown. Mary Ellen Angel, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. I am also joined by my regular co-host and an old friend of yours, Linda Salinas. Welcome back to the show. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Thanks for doing this. Mary Ellen, let me just start with you. I always like to kind of start with people that the beginning of a person's career. How did you first get into the bar business? How did I get in the bar business? Um, you know, I've been in the industry for years. Uh, I One of my very first jobs uh, was waiting tables at uh, Papacitos. And I always, I, I went from Papacitos to Cheesecake Factory and these big restaurants. I, mean, I grew up in the country and those were the ones that I knew. And then um, when I moved to Houston, downtown, the big city, uh, my friend and I went and got jobs at Benji's in Rice Village. And uh, we um, started working there. And that was my first foray into like a chef-driven type situation. Um, and that's when I, that's when I met uh, Bobby Hugel uh, at Benji's. And um, that was before there was like a, really a cocktail scene in Houston, I feel like. Or maybe we just didn't know about it. Uh, and uh, all that started happening. So um, how I ended up working in an actual bar, like I said, I was in the restaurant industry for years and years and years. Um, they opened Okra and I got a phone call um, from several of the owners and they were like, hey, do you want to come bartend at this bar downtown? And I was like, I don't know, man, I don't, I'm scared to go downtown and I, I don't know how to bartend. Um, and they were like, well, we'll teach you. And so that's how I got my job, uh, in a bar. And that's, uh, that's how it all started for me. Linda, I know you and Mary Ellen are old friends. Did you meet at Okra or, or when did you kind of first, uh, meet each other? I think that, I think that we probably were kind of ships, you know, ships in the sea, just passing. I had, I had met a Mary Ellen you know, briefly here and there when she was at uh, Hay Merchant for a, like, what, more, what, about 11 seconds? Right yeah, I, I think I had like uh, three jobs at that time. So yeah, <laughs> that was one of my yeah, jobs. Was like, a, like 13 jobs, right? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Mary Ellen came into the bar and I remember, uh, I remember Mary Ellen jumping behind the bar and being like, 
So what are we doing here? And yeah, we actually, we ended up working together. I bartended and so did she. I might've taught her a, a thing or two behind the bar. All but, the things. You know. I still use your words <laughs> to this day. I was talking to the bartenders and I was like, you know what Linda Salinas taught me day one, build a wall of water. When people come in, <laughs> wall of water, wall of water. <laughs> Move, yeah. Move. yeah Mary Ellen, what was it? What was Oprah like in the beginning? Because I, I have this memory of it just being like wall to wall people all the time. Um, in the very beginning, we it makes me laugh because we um we thought we were so busy in the very beginning, and the actual peak of of okra was years later, as far as like wall to wall, can't move, um, super busy. But in the beginning, um we were steady, uh, but it was a lot because uh, we didn't have the setup that we we did later on in the bar. So we were making all these cocktails and like literally having to to wash our glasses and in sinks like down at the bottom every single time. And the volume, we just couldn't do the volume. But um, yeah, we got there. It uh, it did definitely get to a point where it was uh, pretty, pretty crazy in there. But in the beginning, I feel like it was pretty calm. I have the same feelings now, like uh, with the bar Angel Share. It's uh, it's like the beginning, the calm before the storm. You know what I mean? Well, you know, I was going to ask you about that in a little bit, but yeah, tell me a little bit about kind of the current state of downtown because, you know, last week on the show we talked about uh, Pastry Wars closing at the end of the month, and and you know when Bobby sort of announced that he said part of the reason was that the the business hasn't really recovered yet, but but you're down there every day. So, so maybe kind of what's your, what's your assessment of, of the state of downtown right now? I do feel like um, a lot of people are still sticking closer to neighborhoods. And as far as downtown goes, we get a lot of business from sports games, uh, from courthouses, from office buildings, uh, hotels, and that business is starting to come back. It's not all the way back to where it was pre pandemic. Um, but it's starting to happen. So I have a good feeling. There's a good energy downtown. Um, it's not quite as full as, of people, but the people that are there are quality people. Just um, there are a lot of residents because we have a lot of residential towers around um, that we see. And um, we are starting to get more and more uh, tourists. So people are traveling or starting to, I think. Okay. Well, and I, I, I want to I know how you started from bartender, manager, uh-huh. GM, and now you own the bar. So I kind of wanted to ask, like, how did that come about? Because, you know, Okra used to be how many owners? 26, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 26 owners. And to now it's, it's yours. Right. I mean, it's a wild story, I feel like. Um, I started bartending. I didn't know how to bartend. Thank you, by the way, Linda, for teaching me how to bartend and um, uh, working there and then becoming the manager. I think it was a natural progression for me because I've always, you know, taken control of whatever situation I'm in and tried to be the leader. Um, And it was also a unique situation with Okra in general, because there wasn't just one owner, there were 26 different owners. So everybody had this idea and this feeling of this mission that we were on, on and what we wanted to create in the bar. And um, everybody also kind of stepped back and just let me do it. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I, you know, I wasn't an owner at that time, but I was the one that was running it for years. 
And it was a natural step. Um, when the pandemic happened, we, we did everything that we could to, to keep it together, but I mean, it was unavoidable. And, uh, when I was given the opportunity by the owners, Hey, do you want to take this over? Um, I was scared, but I was like, you know, I can do it. I've been doing it for years. Uh, and it's just the, the, the next step in my, my journey, I feel like, you know, the next level of responsibility, um, and it is a little bit different. People ask me all the time, Hey, what's the difference? Oh, how do you feel now that you own the bar? You know? And it's not a, there's not a difference to me as far as like logistics, as far as the business goes, I did all that stuff before, you know, but there is a, a personal, it's a personal responsibility, you know, like I am creating the space. I want to make a, I want to make this, this place, this unique place where we can, help the community around us. I can give my staff, you know, a good secure job, um, and take care of them and then also take care of the people around me and do it with like good energy, which I don't know. I mean, I guess you just create the space in your life or you, you create, you create your environment around you, I think. So it was just the next step for me. And I, and I'm just, I'm just keeping on trucking, trying to, uh, help marginalized people, animals, the environment, anything that I can leave a mark on, you know? And what do you think is the, the biggest difference between the, or I wouldn't say the biggest difference, but what, what, what is still the same from old okra to angel share and kind, kind of what that big difference is? Um, well, the staff is the same <laughs> and um, the ceilings are the same. I feel like the space is pretty similar, uh, but we have changed some of it. Um, I think the energy is, the same, like the, the good, goodwill towards all, um, safe space for people to come into a, it's a beautiful space. Um, those things are the same. Uh, and then the difference now is it's not, you know, in my mind, I feel like it's not some, uh, big mystery group of people that are, you know, having, you know, having their organization or whatever. It's just me, you know? So, I don't know. I feel like it's the same, but maybe with a more feminine touch or something. I don't know. Like put gold places. I got a Dolly Parton. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you I, got do, my, you, I, I put flowers in my drinks now. <laughs> and you've got a frozen machine now. I got some wings. Yeah. Yes. I got a got frozen wings. machine. <laughs> frozen machines. Um, yeah. How much of the, uh, how much of the sales or, or, What's what percentage goes to the goes back to the community? Uh, you know, I have it's it's the same way that I ran Okra. Okay. Um, so we didn't ever have like a set percentage. It was just basically whatever I could swing. You know what I mean? Um, as as far as after I paid the staff, after I paid the rent, after I you know um, make sure I have a little bit of money in there in case the air conditioner breaks, uh, and then we just give the rest. So, um, I think towards the end at Okra, we settled on, um, 7% of our sales total. Um, so that would be, uh, I'm not sure what the percentage of profits were because, you know, there's overhead in running the bar, but, um, I think we did pretty well. Like we ranged usually between 10,000 and when we were super busy, 20, 25,000 a month that we were able to give to charity at Okra. Uh, and I hope to get to that point again. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm not exactly sure what the percentage is. I've never been, uh, 
a numbers gal. Well, have you have you resumed that charitable donation? And and I mean, I know uh, yeah, you have. I have um, yeah, I have my first donation scheduled for when I get back from Vermont. Um, it was the charities that were on the board uh, when we closed down in March 2020. Um, we finished their vote, so that will be the first official donation from Angel Share. And then um, I plan on getting back on a regular schedule after that. So it'll be like the first, second week of each month is when we'll be able to give the donations out. And then what's like, what's on your docket? I, I know because you're doing uh, women's health charities, right? Right now, I think. Yeah, there's, well, it's, um, there's a reproductive justice uh, charities uh, and the Houston Women's Center, Area Winter, Women's Center and Career and Recovery Resources. So we're just um, focusing on, I feel like, topics that are pertinent to what's happening um, right now in Texas. Uh, but, but on my board right now, I have, I'll have what she's having. Um, Kaysen, which is an abortion fund in Texas. Uh, I was worried about a little bit of, I was, I don't know. I was worried. I was, I was a little bit worried because I, I wasn't sure how people in Texas were going to take it, but it has been just an overwhelming level of support that we've gotten uh, from having those charities on the board this month. Talk about that just a little bit more. I mean, like there was just the women's March a couple of weeks ago, you, you went to DC and, and participated in that. I mean, what, what's the response from the community been like once you announced those charities? I have, we have had nothing but incredible amounts of support. Um, I was talking to the I'll have what she's having people and uh, Kaysen and uh, the Houston area women's center also uh, actually all of them. And they have had just an outpouring of people that have been donating. And we encourage people to donate directly to those funds um, because then, you know, they use that's, that's a hundred percent all the way them. Um, but they've been, uh, they've been great. And every person that's come in has been, so excited and and pumped to be able to help in any way that they can. No, that's great. I'm excited. I hope that we can, I don't know. I hope that we can change some things and I hope that we can get some, raise some awareness. And I feel like I really want to help people take away the shame uh, of that because I feel like in Houston, in Texas in general, um, it's not something that women freely talk about and it is healthcare. And it's, uh, it's makes it easier for people to admit that and say that out loud uh, to themselves, to their friends, to their family. If people publicly come out and say, Hey, if you need to have an abortion, that's okay. You know, there's no judgment here. That's it's healthcare. So maybe taking that step with the bar and coming out and saying, Hey, yeah, this is the business. This is my business. Maybe there's going to be some backlash, but these are the charities that we're going to support and let me see what the community has. We've literally had no pushback, not, not once. Of course, I'm jinxing myself right now, but um, everybody's been supportive. And I've been really excited about that. Supr a little surprised, but, but pretty excited about that. Yeah, Linda, I know you were at the Women's March too, uh, the one in Houston. I mean, you know, how do you feel about kind of the culinary community coming together and making this uh, a priority? I think that there's an overwhelming response from like our community because we barely even take care of, take care of our, our feet sometimes, you know, um, in mm -hmm. restaurants. 
and restaurants and bars, you know? And so it's been really nice to see so many women step up and the, the men behind us, you know, um, kind of, you know, giving, giving this, this a, a priority, but you know, this, this happened a few years ago. I mean, um, I'll have what she's having ended up creating a fund for women, specifically women in the industry that did not have insurance. So there's a fund set up with I'll have what she's having that helps women just get, you know, just get a general checkup. And, you know, and if that means that there's other things that need to get taken care of, you know, I think it was the first time that I'd ever even heard of an organization helping people that didn't, you know, that didn't have insurance, you know, within our, our community. Cause most of the, I mean, you have to think about it. We work, you know, 40 to 60 hours a week for restaurants, bars. And I think that not a lot has changed in a long time. And it wasn't until after the pandemic that we've had, we've had to kind of take a look at our, on how we manage our, our bodies and insurance and, you know, nothing gets, nothing gets any, nothing gets easier. And so I think that as a whole abortion is, is yet again, it's healthcare. And that's something that it's not a priority to a lot of, you know, bars and restaurants in general and workers, you know, specifically. So it's good to, it's good to have it kind of come forward and be, be a part of, of the conversation. Oh, no, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's, what's important. And that's this, the, the industry has come together and overwhelming support in Houston, in Texas um, for um, reproductive justice. And uh, it helps take away that stigma. I mean, people have to hear it, you know, they have to hear, Hey, it's okay. Yes. That's, that's normal. It's healthcare. This is, this is a, a silly, dangerous law and we're not going to stand for it. And if everybody stands together, we can maybe change something. I feel like that was the the whole deal with Okra in the first place is when they, when it was formed, it was to stand up against parking ordinances and the, you know, city government and they stood up together and they made this beautiful thing, you know? So I feel like if we all stand together, we can, we can change things. You know, we have power in that way. Yeah. So let me just ask you, what are, what are some of your other goals for the bar? Are there, you know, other kinds of charities you're looking forward to supporting in the months to come? Oh, yes. Um, I like to do themes uh, and try to group charities together uh, so that they have a better chance, uh, you know, because there are some charities that will always win uh, over other certain charities. So I'm going to do like an environmental month. Um, I'm going to focus on the arts one month. Um, we're going to do a veterans, uh, veterans month. Um, all, of course, animal shelters, animal rescues, um, all kinds, children's charities. Um, but yeah, I'm taking applications on the website now. Uh, and I'm getting, um, I've been working with Volunteer Houston, who, who that has a huge um, uh, contact list of different nonprofits in Houston and trying to get the word out to people that um, we are taking applications for people that maybe at one time wanted okra or participated at okra and didn't think that they could go again. They can absolutely, they're welcome to apply again so that we can try to raise awareness and funds for them. Are you going to be doing anything for any holiday pop-ups? Like, are you going to do any of the Christmas Christmas themed things that we, we get to see around, around Houston, you know? Um, I mean, I'm open to it. I haven't heard anything about any pop-ups 
that I know about. I'm just trying to focus on the month ahead of me. I'm, I'm on a, I'm on Halloween right now. <laughs> we're doing a, we're doing a pub crawl for Halloween. Um, and, uh, I think I might get a fog machine, but yeah, I mean, I'm down for pop-ups or any sort of event. Uh, I have a lot of people that are asking to book for holiday parties downtown. So I feel like that business is starting to come back, but. Well, Linda, I, I mean, I've kind of come to the end of my questions. Do you have anything else you'd like to ask Mary Ellen about? We want to do a little round of lightning questions for you guys. Well, yes. Let me, let me say, I, to, to mix things up a little bit, I have asked Linda to come up with the lightning round, five easy questions, five short answers, uh, and I will answer them too. So we'll, we'll, we'll mix it up a little bit for, uh, for a change of pace. Okay. All right, Linda, take it away. First question. Favorite restaurant in Houston? Go. Nobies. Eric Sandler. Ooh, you're you're really pinning me down here. Uh huh. You know, with the caveat that it changes all the time, the place that I have that is currently making me the most happy is Tiny Champions. All right. Favorite late night or fast food? Mary Ellen. Ooh. Late night or fast food? You know, we can call it guilty pleasure. Okay, fine. Popeyes. 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 Sweet tea, <laughs> the spicy chicken tenders, and I dip them in my mashed potatoes because I'm from Magnolia. That's how we roll. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my new late night guilty pleasure is churros at night shift. Oh, oh I heard that was good. Oh man, they're good. <laughs> yeah. All right. Pet peeve restaurant. Pet peeve. Mary Ellen. Um, it's a uh, uh, excuses. Bullshit excuses. That's my pet peeve. <laughs> I'm like, I know you're lying. I did your job. <laughs> Eric? My restaurant pet peeve is when a server asks me if I'm still working on that. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm dining. It's not supposed to be yeah. work. Don't ask me if I'm working on yeah. that. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, and then the last one will be, what was your favorite job in hospitality or favorite job? Uh, you know, I really liked being a hostess. <laughs> I like keeping track of reservations and seating tables and like guessing when they're going to flip. And uh, that, yeah, that was my jam. You've always been a boss. Did you get, did you get bribed as a hostess a lot? Oh yeah. They would. Well, I never took them. I have a very strong moral compass, but uh, (laughs) uh, yeah, they definitely tried (laughs) or they do, you know, use their dirty tricks. They're like, um, I'd like to make a reservation for the second Thursday in February. And I'd be like, Valentine's Day, bro. Nice try. <laughs> We've been booked for years. Yeah, you can't for have that table. <laughs> Eric, favorite job? My favorite job is being the food editor of Culture Map. It's the best ah, job. Ah, there we ah. go. <laughs> These guys. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it. Those are my lightning rounds. Uh, hey, thanks so much for having me, Eric. Uh, and Marianne, thanks for chatting with us. Linda, thanks for doing this. Uh, Mary Ellen, before you go, give us the website and the social media for Angel Share. 
Uh, Instagram is angelshare underscore HTX. Um, website is angelsharehtx.com. All right. You can follow me on Instagram at Eric Sandler. You can follow Linda on Instagram at klindahdx. As always, keep it locked on culturemap.com for all the latest Houston bar and restaurant news. Thanks so much for listening. I'll be back next week.